Welcome to the, the sound, sound of, of freedom. freedom. This is episode, I want to say, six of Talk Sucker. Yes. Okay. I am P. I'm here with... Leo. And, and Izzy. And Izzy slash Israel. Yeah. And we host Talk Sucker. And this is the point in time where we'd have a theme song if we have one. Do we have one yet? Probably not. Probably not. Okay, so those of you at home listening on your treadmill get off your treadmill get down onto your laptop or wherever musicians work and write us a theme song and it's going to go right here time okay <laughs> that was our opening theme this is talk supper <laughs> thank you for supper. that <laughs> thank you for that opening theme or our old theme that was talk suckers theme and now this is episode six what are we talking about on episode six sensate Ooh, sensate the sexy netflix only tv show we just finished watching this just a moment ago rushed over set up the equipment and here we are ready to talk about Sensei. The fact that we just watched the show, I still only know about three or four of their names. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yes, kind of, because they had very specific characteristics, which you could know them by. Sure. I, I guess if oppressed, I'd remember some of their names. But we haven't seen yeah. we haven't seen the previous Sensei, basically, and since it was last released. Yeah. Basically, they also have complicated names. Like, I only remember Leto's name... Because of that pun they made referring to his homosexuality being as Puñalito because his name is Lito. What does that mean? For, for Puña- those non-Spanish listeners and maybe me? <laughs> Puñalito means like, like little gay point? man. Oh, okay. like it's, it refers to a little, little knife, but okay. it means okay. like basically it's a degenerative so that's term said, with for, little, for, little, for gay man. Okay. Like someone who penetrates. I guess, but, but more like that... little knife, like little dick. Oh, like little dick? Oh. Yeah. If you're saying it's someone who penetrates, that's kind of the preferred homosexuality in Latin cultures, if I recall correctly, right? But it's supposed to be a negative. This puñalito is supposed to be an insult, even in the show. I think they're all insults, and especially in the show, because he got lots of grief when they discovered, when he was outed through that revenge porn situation. And I think that, you know, we understand that, but in... In general Latin culture, as I understand it, you're almost not homosexual if you don't bottom, right? No, that's not what, that's not homo, uh, like Latin cultures, that's Roman cultures. That's what it was in like. Roman I, I had heard, now, now for, for those of our listeners that aren't Latino like us or Latinx or whatever you go by, the, the words for top and bottom are activo and pasivo, yeah. correct? Si. All right. And so clearly active and passive even though, okay, calm down, bottoms. You know, we 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 know you you put in the work. It's just how what they refer to them by. So calm yeah. down, everyone. <laughs> but also, I think when I was in school, a teacher said that you're truly in Latin cultures not totally considered to be homosexual unless you bottom or get penetrated. I mean, I'm sure that if you're only topping like men, <laughs> that they would kind of make the exception to like being like, oh, you're definitely gay if you only like penetrate men. And also, you come from like a school in New Jersey. What do they know specifically about what's current in the Latin community of... The teacher, if I recall correctly, the teacher that told me this was in New Jersey, but he was a Mexican national. Maybe he had American citizenship, but he was certainly, he was certainly Mexican. 
you know. Where I come from, it's definitely, like, if you have any contact with a ma- another man, you are, like, super queer and super outcast. Even social contact. Men yes. cannot speak with each other in Mexico. Me- men can speak with each other. Only but, like, if they're wearing fit. full suits and in a boardroom, possibly. Or wherever the cartel hangs out, I, I suppose. They have their version of a boardroom. Babe, fuck you. What, what <laughs> like, do what do upper upper people in the cartel, how do they dress? If you could typify the dress, and again, we're talking about clothing because that's a queer issue. How would you typify the dress of upper echelon cartel members? Mexican specifically? Because they're it Colombian. Be, it so. could be, oh, sure, I'm Colombian and we have a different, a different cartel. But I mean, they're all the same, right? They're first things first. And you're the realist. No. Talking about clothes is not necessarily queer. Second of second, probably just try to blend in because like they're supposed to be regular day people. Like for example, the other Cartel day- people. But there was an era of conspicuous consumption that airplanes, they would stop anyone that was covered in jewels and wearing flashy, shiny clothing, etc., etc. Now that's changed. You have to try and blend in. Sure. Although if you're truly rich, what are you doing in a commercial airplane? Jeez, come on. I can't wait till I stop flying commercial. I'm just kidding. I don't want to fly private. I never want to fly at all. I don't like airplanes. You don't? No. The last time I was on an airplane, I, I really hate... Not in a kind of panic attack, freak out, I need meds. And I just was like, I truly detest this experience. The drive cross country three to five days would be so much better. I'd prefer it for so many reasons. You wouldn't have to spend a day traveling. You'd spend a few days traveling, but you'd just be like, I took a cool trip. Not like, oh, that day was at the airport. That other day was at the airport. So it's kind of like, sure. Would it add a week on either side of my trip if I went to visit my parents in New Jersey? Of course it would. Is it worth it? They're worth it. Yeah. When you're on a road trip, you can stop at a lot of random places. Yeah. that That's the thing. I'd be like, oh, all these like crummy little stores in the middle of the country this and that. Either way, we're, we're far off the topic of Sensate, which is the oh true reason for this. I wish this were episode 8. Ugh. Should we quickly record a few dummy bonus <laughs> episodes? To name then we have to, like, publish them all at the same no. time. Why Sensate don't we name this episode... Now. Why don't we name this episode 8, but we'll just release it early and then number the other ones accordingly? We'll just do a few takes in case we do that. Welcome... <laughs> welcome to episode number 8. Sense 8. A special episode about the Netflix special, Sensei. Is it a Netflix special? It's a Netflix show. It's okay. a Netflix show. Either yeah. way, well, this is episode eight. That was our theme music. Now, what were we actually talking about, Sensei? We are talking about travel. I guess we can kind of, like... Sensei, man, it'd be great to be in a Sensei cluster. You'd yeah. never have to travel. You'd yeah. be like, I'm in eight different places, so the travel yeah. is not that bad. And you get to hook up all the time basically like it's a wachowski brother siblings siblings right um they're basically always hooking up in a rave so it's great there's lots of raves i could imagine that a night with the wachowskis would be would must involve discotheking Uh possibly would involve group sex yeah who knows they they seem pretty chill i've liked lots of their other projects yeah you know what else they've done Matrix. The Matrix. What did, real quickly, what did you guys think of The Matrix? What's I, your experience with The Matrix? I kind of, like, saw the first film in, like, class over, like, a week period, but, like... In class? What? 
Oh, not as part of the curriculum. Yeah. Just there was a substitute there was teacher. special extra time. I was like, what course were they teaching? The Matrix? And, yeah, English. You know, <laughs> the I, English Matrix. That, that being said, I believe that there's much in the Matrix which one could write about. So yeah. I could see it being taught in an English class in a cinema studies course. I was just joking about what class Leo would be taking where they'd be sh- screaming the Matrix. What's that supposed to mean? It's like, are you taking a class where you're going to analyze it? Yes. It, it's like, easily analyzable. There's a lot in it. I, I think it's a very teachable movie yeah. in the sense that there's much to discuss it refers to ideas that are part of reality and also hypothetical ideas that relate to analogous sort of feelings or situations you know as as you were i think it would be an easily teachable movie that being said are we talking about the matrix right now we like i thought the matrix was pretty cool i liked the first one each successive matrix i think i liked less I mean, sure, they hit they hit all the numbers that you expected. There was a rave scene, a longer rave scene in each one. I did not watch either of the next two Matrices. I just watched Matrices? Matrices, I think. Okay. I, I'll say that I liked the first one. I thought it was plenty good. I think I tried to make you watch it, with, maybe with Ian, because I was like, oh, it's cool, we should watch it if you guys haven't really seen it. But everyone fell asleep except for me, and I was like, well, I liked it. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but now we're on to... Sensei. We just watched the finale of Sensei. So this can center around the finale, and I my, my details on some of the earlier parts are spotty, but we can yeah. refer to it. I think we definitely should talk about the series as a whole, because we have not talked about the series at all. Right. But also we should this tie podcast, it back to the finale. Right, because this podcast is eight minutes old, so we haven't... This didn't yeah. exist before when Sensei existed. Yeah. Okay, so what are your feelings on the whole as Sensei? Oh, I, I love the finale. I'm, I was really into it. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, for I sure. think as a whole, maybe the plot was like a little all over the place, and like it definitely led to a good end, I guess. But like you kind of bring it anywhere. Here's the thing, Sensei, I feel like was rushed because I think they were planning on making a longer show, but with its cancellation, it made it seem like they had to pack a whole bunch into the ending so like they could end it faster. Although yeah. it was two and a half hours, you yeah. can wrap up what you want in two and a half hours. For the if you know you have to wrap it up, you could figure out a way to do it, and they did. Yeah, you know, for sure. That being said, I enjoy how you said we have to talk about the whole show. And I said, okay, what's your t- take on the whole show? And you said the finale was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the whole show was very open. It had like very like diverse crew and cast, and like it seemed like it was very inclusive of various nationalities and sexual orientations and like gender identity. And like lesbians that love dildos. I mean, we've touched on some topics. Now, as Leo mentioned before, they originally were the Wachowski brothers, or, or called that in media and the press. Because, you know, if they you know, if they felt a certain way inside and they have corrected that externally, sure. And then they, for a while, were called the Wachowski siblings. siblings. That might still be what we're on. I haven't read lots of entertainment media lately. But one of my early concerns with the show was in the very first, and and as Israel mentioned, this was a show that all over the place comes together in a very enjoyable way. That was my first experience with the show. I remember I tried to watch the first episode 
and I bailed on it at some point. Maybe I watched the whole thing, but I kept referring to it as nonsense when I'd speak with people <laughs> in the future. Maybe I watched a couple episodes, and I still called it nonsense because it's nonsense. And then I happened to catch the final episode with someone who was watching the show and into the show, and watching them be into the show and how things came together, I really regretted not having watched the show, and I went back and I watched the show from the beginning. And now we're at the end when it's all wrapped up. And one of my earlier concerns, because Leo just mentioned lesbian or Israel lesbians who love dildos one of my earliest concerns was I believe the first shot shows the Nomi couple and I, I forget her girlfriend's name at the moment it's like Natty or something maybe and they were using a strap on dildo and having sex that way and I thought as for people that have transitioned that almost seems provocative that the sex is phallus centered I just had this idea that maybe it would be less that through their own ideas or through what they were saying. And the last shot of the entire Wait, thing... We should oh, before we say this, we should say that there are spoilers for the finale of Sensei. If you have not seen the finale of Sensei, go watch it because it just came out and it was awesome. Also because this clearly will be full of spoilers. We can't discuss their ideas as they've evolved and finished without, without. discussing specifics of the ideas as they've evolved and finished. Yeah. And as I was saying, the first shot shows the lesbian Nomi couple having penetrative sex with a strap on. And the last shot is a classic sensate orgy. But whereas the Nomi couple had been using a now rainbow colored phallus, I believe in the first no, episode. The first it was one purple. was also a purple. rainbow style. Oh, it was rainbow as yeah, well? Yeah, I thought so. I remember it being purple, but that might be just it a might false have memory. Been a- it might have been a change in the timeline. Like, originally it was once, but then it changed um, into a different one. Maybe so I'm just thinking about Brian. Things. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you're projecting a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Ooh, Brian's so hot. So either way, the last shot, after it, it goes from this Sensate-style orgy, and the last shot is the abandoned strap-on, the abandoned rainbow strap-on that they had been using. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic, because the very first scene started with this phallus-centered sex, which almost seemed out of character. And in the last shot, that rainbow phallus was abandoned for the cluster. Literally, it was a cluster funk, I guess. That's what people say. People say that, and this truly was because they refer to themselves as a cluster. Plus, it was all their extra sidecars. Yeah. It was like a clusterfuck, clusterfuck. <laughs> clusterfuck? With my plus one. <laughs> so, is there a plus one to this orgy? Or is this a... No? A TBH. At the end of this orgy, we are calling it wrong orgy because they were all in their individual couples for the most part. Right. For those, of, for those of you that don't know, the powers of the Sensei Cluster is that you can telepathically be where anyone else from your cluster is and see it as if you were there watching. Yeah. So, in, in a way, Sensei would be a show about voyeurism. Is yeah. that true? Hmm. Yeah, for sure. For a lot of the sex scenes, it's not just voyeurism because you experience everything they're experiencing. So at the same time, you're involved in it. Like if someone's fucking someone, you can feel them fucking someone and you feel like you're fucking someone. Yeah, it definitely is because if anything, like these people have the access to blockers so they could technically like take the blockers and not enjoy the voyeurism of it. Yeah. For those of you not versed in Sensate, blockers are the artificial pharmaceutical that people in Sensate clusters take in order to stop their telepathic Sensate connection. But it's also a movie that we're just about to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Rooster emoji blockers, as we said. 
But back to Sensei. I did like that it changed at the end, because the entire time since the first episode, I'd been thinking, why is there this strap-on involved? And then at the end, they've abandoned it. And I was like, oh, okay. They, they brought it around. To me, Sensei seems like the future of media. The future of representations of relationships, because there were not a lot of hang-ups about the Nomi character transitioned, and her parents were very opposed to it in earlier parts of the series. At the end, Nomi's mother is like, I just realized what a great name Nomi is, and gives her a big hug, and Nomi and her partner are like, I don't know what's going on, you know? Possibly it could make you open up to your child's gender orientation, gender presentation, ideas that you're opposed to when you realize they're part of a magical new breed of humans that have evolved beyond regular humans and are, you know, connected in a nearly magical manner. Yeah, I thought that it was very sweet and awesome that her parents ended up accepting her because I feel like definitely the wish for a lot of queer people is that their parents will accept them for who they are. Like, people who have not told their parents like that's what they are and they'll be like oh my gosh I am so glad that I am accepted and loved even though like this is how I feel and they've shown like a disdain towards it true true it did show those things and the the gain to acceptance the the transition to acceptance I also feel that in the way that it casually represented all of these different types of relationships, at the end we meet Nomi's partner's parents, who are a woman and three men. And provocatively, for some of our older listeners, you know, walking on your treadmill, reading a magazine instead of running, it was a white woman and three men of color, three black men, I believe. And so it showed all of these different types of relationships very casually. At the end, the Raja character and Wolfgang... I feel so badly not remembering... I think his name was Rajan. Rajan? Okay. I feel I feel bad. Again, we had not seen Sensei in a while. In a while, yeah. yeah. But the, the wealthy Indian businessman and the Sensei wife of his and the German Sensei are in a couple. And at the end, the Indian husband seemed hesitant, but they both beckon him into the, the threesome, the physical threesome they were having in real life, or was the German... It was in real life, because okay. they made out with each other, which I called, I totally called that. They I had a very out. dramatic, like, make-out session. Yeah, actually, oh, loved it. Actually, if you'll remember, what you called was that they would kill Wolfgang in order so that Rajan and... The, his wife could be together without Wolfgang. I said a lot of things. Like, I also said that she was going to die and that they, Wolfgang and Rajan were going to end up <laughs> together. So definitely, you should not be paying that closely in attention to what I'm saying. I love that Leo's take is always the most outlandishly gay coming together Hollywood of everything. That's cute. Either way, it showed an openness towards every different type of relationship, gender identity, presentation, gender roles, and things like that, which I think was really interesting. And to be honest with you, that will likely be the future of media. Of media, which is interesting because of its stories and ideas beyond just, as we said, Love, Simon was only a story about a couple getting together. Yeah. Sure... It was like Some, more of a coming-of-age story. A coming-of-age story. And Call Me By Your Name, as you know, we mentioned before, the story itself wasn't that particular, except that it was a homosexual story. Yeah. And yeah. whereas none of the 
oh my god, they're in this relationship, was there in Sensei. It was more, what are the things that we bring to this idea, to this group, to this you know, relationship, as opposed to what are the physical parts we bring to this relationship. And I think that is where the future is headed for media. I mean, I hope so, I guess. That being said, who would you most want to be with from Sensei? Izzy. <laughs> Wolfgang, Vol- probably. Wolfgang, for sure, is... Delightful. Oh, I'd be with the Mexican from Sensei because I'd get to be with his partner as well. And yeah. that woman's always around taking photos. Oh, oh yeah. She maybe better I should be with them so I can have her take photos on my Instagram. Oh, I would be not fantastic. be fantastic. And then you could put them on at iComasadio <laughs> at Instagram if you'd like to see Israel's body. Oh, his delicious body. Mm, so into oh, it. Like heart, heart, favorite. Ooh. That being said, Whenever I'm deciding with who might be from these shows and ideas, my answers are not who I would most want to have sex with. Because clearly, I think Sun is the coolest. And yeah. like she can show me all this, like, she could turn me into a killing machine. She wears such beautiful clothing, as Israel mentioned. Mm-hmm. She's rich. Not that it matters. But I feel like we would not get bored. Oh my gosh, I would totally be with Sun, too. Because her husband slash, like, boyfriend person isn't like he's pretty cute too yeah definitely sun was like one of my favorite characters like my favorite three characters specifically for me were sun the gay mexican because i'm also a gay mexican and then the chemistry student from india because i am personally a chemistry like aficionado like i'm all about that breaking bad and like ionic and covalent i mean like if i'm in this like, sensei group, it doesn't matter. I can just join all of them anyway. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's the benefit of being... That's the benefit of being of sensei. You get to be everyone. Then they'd be on a reality show. It'd be like John and Kate plus eight. It'd be like John and Kate <laughs> sensei. <laughs> and my phone, my phone goes through phases and what it thinks I care about. And for the past week at least, it's been like, huh, here's why Kate Goslin from John and Kate plus eight doesn't have as much money as other reality stars. I've never seen one episode of this show. I don't know who this woman is. I certainly don't care how much money she has. As for why she has less than other people, she's got eight children, famously. That would be my, <laughs> that would be my first guess, why she has one-eighth the amount of money they have. She's got eight kids sucking at those figurative and literal teats, presumably. <laughs> I feel like this is worse than when it was suggesting Kim Kardashian stuff with you because this isn't even like super like high and popular stuff it's just like some random story about some random woman with eight children and like their like loss of money and it's not their loss of money it's how they didn't earn as much as other reality stars which is a disgusting yet important distinction also yeah this show was popular I don't even know how many years ago, because I've never watched episode one, Telephone. For all the things my phone creepily overhears, I hope right now it's listening when I tell it. I've told it I'm not interested in John and K plus eight, but sometimes it gives me random options. Like, I'll be like, not interested in any story about entertainment? And I'll be like, that's not what this is. As for the Kardashians, I've told it I'm not interested in the Kardashians. I'm not interested in keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm not interested in Kim Kardashian. I'm not interested in Kylie Kardashian. Is it Kylie? <laughs> Kylie Jenner. I'm not interested in Khloe Kardashian. I'm not interested in Kris Kardashian. I'm not interested in... I'm not interested in... Wait, wait. This is all real. I'm not interested in Scott Disick, who is someone who formerly dated Khloe Kardashian, whom I also told my phone I wasn't interested in. (laughs) It really thinks... It's like, oh, you're not interested in the core people? How about people that are tertiarily related? People that show up on episodes because they've got nothing better to do. But real quickly about keeping up with the Kardashians... 
One night, Leo was asleep and I still wanted to hang out. So I, I went to go watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And on one episode, the mom, I forget her name. Chris. Chris. Chris suggests, why don't we take a train trip, like a long train trip? And you could tell that she's maybe in her head, she's like, it could be cool. It could be like a multi-episode arc, or it could be something we do in an episode. We take this delightful old-timey train trip. And the kids, it might have been Kim, were just like, mom, that idea is lame. Instantly shut her down. Chris Jenner, at home, on your treadmill. Tell your personal trainer to stop jabbering for a second. Put, put down juice number four. I would love to do this train trip project with you. Contact us at, at TalkSucker on all the platforms, and I'll do this train trip with you. Your, your dumb kids don't deserve you and this train trip. And they haven't gotten it because they don't deserve it. What were we talking about? Sensei? I just wanted to say <laughs> that if we're going to go on a tra- train trip and, like, referencing to, like, Archer and the Tons, I would require a little, like, cart for my ocelot. Ooh. Archer. We need to watch Archer. We'll be right back on the next episode of Talk Sucker with Archer. And cocaine pizza. You know what I'd really love? Cocaine pizza. You know those... Now, I don't know the word for this, and those of you at home will not understand what I'm doing. Those train cars that you do this with, you know? I'm yeah. pumping my hands up and down. It's that train car where it seems yeah, like when, old when tiny hobos. Yeah. yeah, it's work on like a, either side of the seesaw. What is it? Is it like a freight car? or like A freight car is a car that the, carries the, the freight, car, the freight, freight. Um, it's I don't like, know what you're talking about. So. You it's don't know what this car. is? When they're on the train when, tracks. Like here, two do, it, do it with me. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. I don't know what they're called. Though. Right, I, I never like, remember what like, they're called. They're in like cartoons and stuff. Yeah. They're in cartoons, and because we don't have a very train-centric culture at this point in our reality. Yeah. For those of you listening... We're, not, the, de- we're not Mr. Disney. It's 2018. Either way, we're, we're way off train track at this point. Let's get back to Sensi. Who? <laughs> What else did we think? There were several moments in Sensei that I truly loved. Yeah. yeah, for sure. As everyone's mentioned before, it's a show that comes together, wraps up really well. Lots of their ideas, they're good storytellers in the sense that their stories have beginnings, middles, and ends for the most part, which is something that many sto- many modern storytellers skimp on several of those details. And I think many of their works could be taught in class because of the way they fit together and are clearly about abstract ideas. Before when people would ask you, what's this show about? What's this movie about? They'd want a a one word answer, something like justice, something like that. As opposed to being like, oh, well, this guy needs, a, he works at a clam factory and goes to meet a girl. <laughs> a movie is this? I would not watch it. I love how the fact that it's a movie confuses you, but not that they're making clams at a factory. <laughs> I guess they could be shelling them. Either way, the clam processing plant aside, these are works that have stories and ideas which travel through them. And because of their identity situations, they address different types of relationships in a much more modern and much more inclusive and casual way than other shows where the central idea is that character experiences X, gender identity Y, or, you know, issue Z, as opposed to just being like, that is part of their story that's part of the fabric that makes up what they do with yeah i i would definitely hope that media will take that direction because that would be very beneficial towards the queer community in that a lot of the 
social injustices that they faced would be like semi-corrected. I think also like I talk about this with my queer friends a lot, just the fact that like queer people in general have to put in some sort of emotional labor into like explaining to every single person that they come across their experiences that's not gonna happen like i don't have the time to be explaining all this shit like just like act normal and treat someone as though they're just someone else like anyone else do you think in a way regular straight square normie society has become too comfortable with the fact that they're okay with homosexuality means that they feel they can also say things like, oh, so what are you, a top? What are you, a bottom? You know, start asking questions which in many situations socially or mixed would seem inappropriate, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like it'd be weird to go up to a woman and ask her, do you like to take it in your vagina or in your butt? Is that the same thing? Maybe you'd be like, would you like, do you prefer beeching guys better? Because I feel like in your butt, most women would be like, not a tough choice. My impression would be that most women would be like, weird that you're asking me this question, and yes, inappropriate in real life, as in Leo's analogy, but they'd just be like, that's a weird question to be asking me. Maybe one out of ten would be like, oh yeah. The butt? <laughs> the butt? Oh yeah, you, you, you're speaking my language. I don't know, I feel like I've been in the room with a lot of girls, and like, they actually talk about sex a lot more than like people seem to think. My issue is not that they don't talk about sex, it's two-part. It's one that I agree that it depends on the situation, it might be very inappropriate to ask, but my impression is that I think most women would say, hands down, I prefer vaginal sex. Yeah, but the thing is also like, how would you feel like if some of your straight square friends would be go up to you and tell ask you, do you prefer to take it in the butt or to fuck someone? I mean, I've been asked if I top or bottom by, like, a straight girl. Was it someone that knew you, or was it kind of like, you're like, did you feel, I can't believe this person is asking me this question? Israel, for those of you that aren't that familiar, I feel for the most part would be like, roll with the punches and be like, he's tough to rattle. But on the inside, what was your... I mean, I just told them that was kind of both, but yeah, I, like, preferred to bottom. Because I feel like if you'd had an issue, you might not answer. You might be like, that's weird that you ask. Yeah, I mean, like, it was a friend that I kind of knew for a year or so. So it wasn't too out of the park. Wow, she waited a year. I, oh, she must have wanted to ask so badly. She was like, put a day on our calendar. She's like, a one-year anniversary. Yeah, it was kind of an <laughs> interesting that. conversation. Yeah. In a way, it's kind of fun because it must be nice and exciting for them. And also, in many ways, demystifying. The era where things are mystical and seem to transition into acceptance of normalcy. And then there's the point where you get past it where it's just like, they're asking them? It's like, they've never met one of you before? Or ha- however, you know, yeah. you, you choose to phrase it. So sensei, maybe? I don't don't know. Maybe we should get back on track with the sensei. I think we're totally on track with sensei, to be honest with you. I was really into the queer stories uh, for sensei because definitely I I thought that the gay relationship seemed cool and that they were like at an art museum and they were like studying like what nonsense art things they did. But then they also ended up hooking up in the restroom, which I feel like is very like... A queer thing to do, kind of, you know? I suppose. 
I'm, I've not done it, so I'm supposing, but... I Your name. <laughs> Your name. Seconded. I could see where, where you're at. You're lame to you've not done the hooking up in an art restroom, or you're, you're seconding the I'm lame for having not done it. Yeah, you're lame for having not done it. That is, he's the one that seconded. You can't answer for him. I mean, I second the fact that he talked about what I said. <laughs> yeah. So <Okay>. lame. <laughs> The transgender woman was in love with this, like, lesbian woman who had, like, crazy hair. Like, she had, like, pretty cool hair during the season. Like, I was really into her hair. Like, it was a cool color, and, like, I was, like, braids and dreadlocks, kind of. You liked it because it was purple at many parts, right? Yeah. I I love purple. For viewers at home, I love purple. And, And just in case you think her hair wasn't a focus... In, I think, Nomi's wedding vows, she said she loved seeing her hair change, right? Yeah. The wedding vows were very sweet, which brings me to another point. In many ways, I feel that the wedding vows were one of the most important ideas that this movie pushed forward. Show. What? Show. Show. Just because this was a one last two hour plus segment, in my head it seems... It seems like a movie. It seems and slash feels like a movie. It's longer than a movie. (laughs) It depends on the movie. Most movies are not two hours and a half. I mean, all Star Wars movies are so long. Many movies nowadays are getting longer. <sighs> Give me back that 90-minute movie. That's the perfect length for a comedy. Some more serious movies, you might need a two hours, sure. But now everything's three hours. Lord of the Rings, how much walking? Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I've never I, seen any of them. Oh, I'd rather go hiking. Jeez, at least I'd be outside instead of watching people hike. Good grief. Can <laughs> I zoom in on the like hairy feet for a good like 10 minutes? Uh, speaking of homoerotic movies, those movies were over at the top. But we could do a whole you know Lord of the Rings episode. Have you seen how, how queer yeah. these movies are? Let oh. us know. If you feel like we should do an episode of how queer the Lord of the Rings movies are... You should let us know. At one point, Frodo can... Wait, spoilers? Spoilers for Lord of the Rings. For anyone that over the past 60 plus years hasn't read the books or heard of the ending. Like me. At what? Oh, cover gears. At one point, Frodo can no longer bear the weight of carrying the one ring that rules them all. And Samwise Gamgee, his assistant, offers up, I'll carry the load for you. You know? And lots of other creepy things. At the end of the movie, there's an extended segment where they're hugging and jumping on the bed and just giggling together because they're so happy. Who who knows? Either way, they seemed pretty queer. What are we discussing now? What? (laughs) (laughs) He was covering his ears so that he wouldn't be spoiled with the Lord of the Rings information. Yeah, because I feel like it's just such a huge franchise and if I ever want to go back and look at it, I feel like I I should be unspoiled. What was your deal? My deal is that the wedding vows at the end are one of the most important encapsulations of the entire idea that this show kind of represents and pushes forward and just lives with. Yeah, and it's so, really beautiful. Yeah. Also, it was interesting to note that the Indian people, they because they were the wealthiest among the cast, they were like, oh, for your wedding, we'll take you anywhere you want. And they chose for all of them to go, like, to a hotel room. And they were ended up in that, like, huge orgy scene where, like, everyone was like, ooh, we are so into this, having, like, this massive orgy. And her, her formerly straight square husband, that was his first, his first presumably gay moment where he and Wolfgang start to like kiss. Out, yeah. And then when he, he lifts up from the orgy and he's like, 
I never thought I could feel anything like that, something like that. And she sort of is like, don't be lame. And she pulls him back down into, I think, someone's crotch. Yeah. Because yeah. she's like, there's no need to... And I think that's another point that the show made. There's no need to discuss what it is you're doing in that moment. It is all the other ideas that lead you to be with those people that are the important ones. That is the story. No one had to overcome, oh, I can't believe we're having a gay relationship or an, an atypical relationship, that's the challenge. It was things within that. Yeah. Sure, not everyone is hunted by a psychotic company that <laughs> is controlling the next level of humans that can telepathically, either way. Yeah. But the point was not that they just had to deal with, oh my gosh, this relationship is strange to certain people. Yeah, that was mostly not a case for any of them. Although I will say that for the Mexican guy, his queerness being outed to like the entire entirety of Mexico and making it difficult on his acting career was very true because I come from like a Mexican background and I know that for sure whenever someone comes out as gay in the Mexican community, they are not necessarily welcome. I had to grow up with my dad. Every time a news story would come on, he would be like, oh, I hate gay people. And that was very hard to grow up with because I never felt comfortable enough. Oh, how do you come out with someone who every time there's a gay news story, they're like, oh, I hate gay people, you know? Would you say that homosexuals are ostracized or that there's just a retention of inclusion or if there's a difference? Oh, they're definitely ostracized. Like back where I'm from, there used to be like this drag queen that would go around and she'd like hang out. People would say like so many nasty things about her. Like they would start rumors like, oh, she was raped like as a child and that's why she's like a gay man or whatever. And then like, like people would just be like, oh, she's always prostituting herself and she's like always looking someone to have sex with. And like, it was really horrible to hear. Like, it was very damaging to me because I was like, oh, I should never be anything like that because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to be judged like that by other people. Was she like a drag queen, a female illusionist, or she just would wear and present as I think she was a female illusionist. Okay. I wasn't sure because again, when I wasn't where I was, I was not able to ask very many questions. With that being said, I don't think, even as a, as a drag queen, I don't think she was a good person because after I left the country, I heard that she and her posse broke into my house and had an orgy, which I thought was so crazy. But like, I felt like my old house was pretty good to have an orgy in TVH because it was just so big. Not, not big, but like... Sprawling. Sprawling. Lots of places from where you'd be like, oh, look at that couple over there. We should join in. <laughs> like, oh, you can put your foot here while I lift it up and then that's another person. Like, come in. We definitely had some really big hallways. <laughs> Maybe if I put my leg up on yours. <laughs> Space balls. Then would you say that people might see Sensei as some sort of thing that moves forward a gay agenda? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I, not necessarily that there is such a thing as a gay agenda. But I definitely feel like Sensei pushes forward ideas onto like straighter people of acceptance within the gay community and the transgender community and the lesbian community, you know? Like the just all queer LGBT communities. The, the phrase gay agenda is interesting for a reason. My personal impression of it is that gay agenda 
often refers to an idea that straight people have, that gay people want to recruit or convert people, not just to being open or not hateful, but to being like, oh, they it's because they want to have sex with you. They want everyone to be queer, this and that, gay, this and that. When I hear this phrase, gay agenda, I often think it's used jokingly as some sort of surreptitious plot to queerify the universe, as opposed to maybe an idea that certain people who come from a habitually or historically persecuted class would just want to make people open or accepting to the idea. No, I think I'm talking about the absurd fact that, or the absurd idea that you were talking about with white straight people thinking that we have some sort of plan to convert and like have sex with them. Sure, I agree. But I was like asking if Sensei kind of, in their eyes, would perpetuate that. I think that they promote what they consider a human agenda where those issues would be, as they mentioned, not necessarily needed to be spoken about beyond when expressing one's feelings on a personal level not just justifying or explaining to someone this is what we think is normal. Yeah, and I feel like that kind of, like, going back to the vows, that's what Omarita or something like that? The... Oh, yes, Nomi and Omarita. Right, Omanita? Omanita. Oh. I think right. it's Omanita. That was her name? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean... so close to Omanite. And yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm get myself a shiny Omarita. Basically, I spent the whole time thinking of her as that woman from Doctor Who because it's they're played by that same character. I was like, Martha? Martha? What are you doing, Martha? You got tired of, like, Doctor Who, so you're, like, with this woman now? How, could, like, you, how could you get tired of Doctor Who? On his first date, he shows you the end of the universe. But then he leaves you because he doesn't want to get watch you get old. Well, you watch you get a little old. No. If you're, if you're interesting enough... And I'll be honest with you, lots of his sidekicks seem like total prudes. Like, the second those TARDIS doors closed, I'd be like, you're showing me everything in the universe, let me show you what I can do. I mean, I guess, like, if he was open to having, like, a sensate, like, orgy, like, type thing, then I'd be down. Like, have some sort of three-way, like, relationship with Doctor Who. I don't think he's down. He's a very, like, he seems like a prude also himself. Like He seems prudish and busy. Yeah, give me that Captain Jack. And that guy was into everything and everyone at all times. Yeah, I'm Captain not Jack. trying to have like sex like once a year with this Doctor Who man. Captain Jack was a man from a few episodes with Rose in them where he was like, oh, I came, I'm going to seduce this guard so you guys can come in. And it was a male guard. So he'd be like always seducing men and also like hooking up with men and women because he was from a day era in the future where... Humans just had sex with everything. Well, I don't quite remember it. But... Yeah, he was the best character. He was naked, and he was, like, on a TV show. As soon as they got him naked, he was like, how many people are watching this? You're going to get a billion more. Because he was naked. Do you think there was more sensate story to tell, or do you think it got wrapped up well? I thought definitely if it hadn't been canceled early, it would have had tons of stories to tell. But I do feel like with its time allowed, sadly it was too expensive, but it was able to wrap up everything nicely and beautifully how it did. But but imagine if the show had been given so much time that they never could really quite have the showdown with the BPO company. They never could really have the showdown with all the people controlling the Sensates. 
they would probably just start using their sensate powers to help solve other crimes and to help other people. It would turn sort of into a formulaic, procedural-type TV show. And not that I dislike those, I love those, but I think that it sort of would have lost focus. I'm sure the show was mega expensive. It seems like they shot with tons and tons of people in a million places. So I feel dragging it out might have, they might have just been treading water and, and you know, mudding a, a pool of water to give the appearance of profundity instead of finishing telling the story that they were telling. I mean, I do have to agree that the way that it ended was really nice and concise so that you could just take a flavor of this and then like you'd be happy with what you ate. Like it was a good meal. Like she was a tasty sensei. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I definitely do think that uh, the show could have gone for, on for longer without losing its essence and still being like a great show that still contained all of these themes that it was trying to hit about like universal equality and stuff. But I do feel like it was also nice that it ended quickly because it was able to nicely wrap up all the points that it wanted to hit. True. Lots of things were tied up neatly. Lots of ideas. You felt like whole sentences were spoken instead of, you know. Although at this point with Trump, we're used to sentence fragments that kind of give impressions. So who knows? Do you think that the Trump presidency will change media? Certainly, it's changed advertising and advertising dollars on the shows that he watches, bizarrely. But do you think that it will change storytelling? With people not saying whole phrases, I feel... If you read transcripts of his interviews, he says parts of sentences and things that should mean something. And then he has other people sort of say that he's already answered this. He's already said what this means. And that's all they do. Do you think it will change media? I think it may and it may have already. Before the Trump presidency was a thing, journalism seemed like the most boring job ever. Just him running for president. It became like giant again to be reporting on like what he was doing because everybody wanted to know what nonsense thing he was up to at the moment and what like crazy thing he had said and everything like that. It's true. Journalism, whereas had been fairly dead, is now one of the sexiest and most important professions that there can be. That being said, my issue with modern journalism, my phone is often giving me headlines and I'm like, is this a real headline? One of the recent ones says, President Trump slam dunks on Jeff Sessions brutally or something like that. And I'm like, I can't believe that legitimate reporters are turning in work where they refer to the president as figuratively slam dunking on someone. Another recent one, Melania Trump's spokesperson's response to Rudy Giuliani is lit. And I was like, I cannot believe that this headline says that her spokesperson's response to a lawyer is lit. Yeah, unless you're referring to... Aquaria on Drag Race Snatch Game, then you're not using that word per- correctly. Who was she on Snatch Game? I don't Melania know. Trump. Ah, uh, Melania Trump. <laughs> she brought her a gift and everything. Yeah. Right. Aquaria was good, but I didn't remember. But she was good, I remember now that you mention it. But, like, where are you getting these articles from? My like, phone- Viceland or something? In my <laughs> phone's feed, sure, Viceland is some- sometimes on there. All sorts of nonsense is on there. And, you know, it's it's news. Much of news these days is strange because people only read news sources that already agree with their own opinions, as opposed to the, the older idea where news would clinically report on the goings-on. But everyone always has a point of view and an opinion, and everything is always, in many ways, especially news, 
is being propelled by a company that has interests. So it's difficult to know what is real. Do articles have to say things like, yes, queen, the president did this in order for me to think it's unbiased because there's no, certainly a company would say we can't include this in the headline. But that's also, that's a difficult choice to make because if I'm wasting my time reading a news article, I certainly don't want them to tell me that a political event is lit. I don't want them to tell me that people turned at a conference or whatever they're saying. <laughs> oh, Melania Trump is getting turned at a conference. She's like, oh, I'm a turned as white first lady. I, I don't want them describing any political event as low key, anything that kids say, you know, it, it's just call me old fashioned, but I think news should not be nonsense. You are old think... fashioned. I don't think, like, that's an issue of Trump, though. I think that's just an issue of, like, how the internet works because of how much Twitter and Reddit are taking on, like, some sort of role as, like, a news source and people just start, like, talking nonsense or talking in some sort of way that social media allows. Sure, but that being said, you know, with all the recent Russia interference in our election was through social media, and it's because everyone only reads things that agree with their opinions. People have bad opinions, and everyone is encouraged to express their opinions nonstop. So it's very easy to be like, well, there's a bajillion things to pick from. I'm only going to pay attention to the ones that are parroting what I'm saying or that already say what I'm feeling. And even if there's a bunch of nonsense put out by weird foreign government operatives, it's difficult to know what is there, but it's easy to know with what you already agree, even yeah. if you're wrong. And I mean, I agree. It's just like, I feel that social media has influenced news source more so than Trump is influencing news sources or like some sort of way that media is changing. Well, Trump also is the president we get because we deserve because of how we let these things like social media and the internet change our lives. The good part of the internet is that everyone has equal access immediately to information as it happens. Before where you'd be like, you, you don't understand this thing or whatever, you just don't know about it for so long. And now everything happens immediately. And it's, it's very strange to have a president that half of the press openly admits to and says factually, he says things that are untrue constantly. I think that in no time before now would that be acceptable. But we've gotten to a point where things are nicer in some ways. Like the younger generations, as long as they're removed from it, are okay with it. I think that's one issue where this gun rights issue, where they want to be fighting that in a home gun ownership realm. Clearly they want that to be the norm. They want to be like, the issue shouldn't be, should we have armed conflict to decide our worldwide quabbles? It should be if regular people should also have guns to decide their, and clearly, in the worldwide conflict, I think it should be no. Should, do I think regular people should be allowed to own guns? Sure. Do I think governments should solve their problems with armed conflict? Almost never. Absolutely not, basically. Maybe those ideas are at odds with each other at loggerheads, but I think they're reasonable. I mean, I feel like even there should be some sort of tier of police officers that don't have guns or something like that. British cops that are not allowed weapons, like yeah. firearms. And so, like, what's the need... To have like these weapons if you can use like tasers or some or at least like some other like less fatal <laughs> weapon or something like that. Ooh, like a taser? <laughs> <laughs> In Sunset there was a great use of taser as defibrillator. Yeah. If Pablo is ever dying, I'm gonna I'm gonna tase him. Luckily we don't have a taser. And luckily I don't often and I'm not often <laughs> at the brink of death, so I'm not getting tased regularly. But yeah. on the other hand, if you're ever going running, apparently if you get tased Especially after getting shot, you can just run 
away. Oh, teasing is like nature's PCP. Yeah. <laughs> it just gives you energy. You, you don't flip feel over cop cars. One side effect of PCP is that you flip over cop cars. I don't. Whenever people talk about drugs, you do this drug or that drug. People are PCP. I'm like, but why would I ever want to flip over a cop car? I guess why it's not? Cool. Why would I guess you ever cool. want to stab yourself and then throw your blood at people? <laughs> I don't know. That that is a story I told about. Uh, Someone on PCP on a public transit on a time when my friend rode the bus. Great story. Where did that happen? Then at the end, a little coda with the energy to rip civic vehicles apart. The person ripped the side view mirror off of a fire truck, and those things seem bolted on and pretty sturdy. But when people talk about unlocking the power of the brain, I'm like, things like PCP prove that. Because it, sure, it's putting in some bizarre drug to you, but it's releasing something in your brain that makes you impervious to pain and have superhuman strength. Yeah. That is centered in the brain. Sure. We've just got to get there without using PCP. I mean, like, (laughs) but how does, how do your muscles react afterwards is also the thing. Like, if you're going to end up, like, kind of having this superhuman strength for this while, but then a couple hours later, you can't even get up. I've heard that, you know, in cases of mothers or parents who need to save the life of their child can lift up a manhole cover that's way too heavy. And but then later, sure, you feel as if you've exerted yourself extremely. Oh, manhole cover. They can lift a car. I've heard of stories where like a person like to save their child, like they accidentally run over the child and that they'd lift the car. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Also, I've heard, you know, with religious healers. Where they usually be like, if you believe you can stand and walk, that lots of those people in that moment with the energy would be able to stand and take some steps. But much later, they'd have be like, oh, I really hurt myself. Even like I had back problems already. I even I hurt myself even worse getting wrapped up in that moment. And you're like there. George Washington. If you let out enough blood, you're gonna heal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that did not go well. So uh, we started talking about sensei. We ended on PCP. Did anyone flip over a cop car in Sensei? No, but they should have. They blew up in a helicopter, but they, you'll have to find out that on the season finale of Sensei. Don't take our so. don't take our word for it. Re- little reading Rainbow callback. <laughs> mm-hmm. you remember reading? Do you guys remember reading Rainbow? Or are you too young? I, I, I have never watched, watched it. it. I have a couple of friends that watched it, but I personally didn't watch that show. Oh. I don't know if it was on cable TV because I didn't have cable. It, no, it was a PBS show. My favorite thing about reading Rainbow is the theme. And if you listen to the theme from Reading Rainbow, it's very, sounds psychedelic to me. It's like, you know, the, the, there's lots of repeated syncopation and cool synthy music. I really love that theme from Reading Rainbow. You remember the theme? Butterfly in the sky. Yeah. I can fly twice as high. Look in a book. Yeah, take a look. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. I only remember the reading rainbow. I, I know the theme, a but I don't, I've never seen any episode of it, so I have no idea what it's about. The only part I remember is little kids doing book reviews and then telling you, "Don't take my word for it." And then there'd be that musical. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that was a special episode on reading rainbow. <laughs> no, and no. Sensei. Sensei. On rainbows. Season finale. Because we love that rainbow that was going under the bridge. Ooh. Yeah. That's a cool rainbow. Who died in Sensei? Oh, in Sensei, there were a couple moments where reflecting, there'd be a, a lens flare that had a rainbow look. And I was like, yeah. oh, great for Pride, great for Sensei. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was so scared. I thought that Indian woman was going to die at some point. And I was like, no, she can't die. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. 
Tell yourself how could I cure yourself, and that's what she did. Well, uh, well, I, I joked around and I was like, well, in your sensei group, you don't ask, "Is there a doctor in the house?" You ask, "Are any of us doctors?" And, <laughs> yeah. and that's actually what happened, as Leah predicted. She came to and explained to them how to save her life, since she was a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, it was like in Grey's Anatomy when that guy died because he was like, "Oh my gosh, they're doing this wrong. I can't save myself." Down, and then he died. I wonder if that means that. If a sensei is asleep, they can, like, transfer to someone else and just be, like, sleeping and then, like, doing other stuff. Oh, I don't think that's how that works. I think once the sensei's body is asleep, they are inaccessible and they're out of commission. They're not working until next time they wake up. I do think you have to be awake to the yeah. sensei swap job. Yeah, it'd be, like, sensei rape. <laughs> like, to, like if they just possess your body whenever they want then that's not okay oh I, I just feel like they're like astral projecting or something oh, like I, out, outside of the yeah, body yeah but I feel like they're usually not supposed to possess you they like hang out with you and help you do the things that you want them to help you with you have to like accept them you know sure who did die in Sensei spoiler alert who did die did anyone of main yeah. characters that woman that evil woman who was like she hooked up with the German guy, and she was, like, sexy, and she mm-hmm. was like, oh, we're going to make a deal. We're going to give your guy back. We're going to take our guy. But she was there at cool. the end. That she died. She died. I thought she died in the helipad. helipad. At the helipad? Yeah, yeah, with whispers. and. Ooh. I wasn't sure if that was the evil redhead woman. They call me whisper. I'm a yokai. <laughs> yokai watch. <laughs> So yokai-oriented. Oh, we need to go watch Yokai Watch. We'll oh, be right back after these commercials. There's more Yokai Watch we've heard to watch, and we, we should do a special episode on Yokai Watch. Oh, you can watch this. Oh, I need to catch up then. Well, yeah. we've only all seen what's available, so we'll be seeing yeah. extra Yokai. You've been listening to the sound of freedom. freedom. This is Talk Sucker episode six about Sensate, the Netflix show. In conclusion, we like Sensate a lot. It's definitely worth all the watches to the end as things wrap up. And as I said before, I think it's the future of media and not focusing on that these relationships are atypical, but what makes up the people in those relationships and situations. Again, we're TalkSucker. You can find us on the internet, on Instagram at TalkSucker, on Twitter at TalkSucker, and personally, you can find us at Israel. At Icomacidia. That's on Instagram. And also on Twitter at Sadio Israel. And Leo can be found. Nowhere on the internet. Oh, well, interesting. Either way, if you like us, please subscribe. Remember to rate and review the podcast. That has a huge impact on us. And please tell your friends about us. We're a tiny little podcast. It'd be great if you could help spread the word. If you like what we say, if you don't like what we say, you can go ahead and send us a message. And that's Talk Sucker. You can also find us on Facebook at TS Podcast. There we go. Bye-bye.